one episode. You fags giving up already? Three movies. All shot on video. for when we need firewood, you know, for the barbie. Welcome to Definitely First Blood. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Definitely First Blood. It is our 13th episode. No, it's not. Why am I saying that? It's our... uh, 13th times 3 minus yes, 6. It is our 30th episode today. So it is our shot on video special, which is yeah. I'm excited to get into and talk about. Um, yeah. I don't miss their bulk, but I do miss their <laughs> comforting black presence and yeah. smell. So how are you? Oh, I'm good. Good. I'm good. Good. Uh, unfortunately, we are in the middle of a war zone right now. Yes. It's dog war. Another going to have to give an unfortunate dog warning Yeah, at the beginning of this again. The upstairs neighbor's dog, they've progressed to just putting it on the balcony when it's yowling. And it does that all day. And it makes me very sad. And I'm probably going to call the Humane Society this week. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Now you can be sad with this too by listening along <laughs> and straining those beautiful ears definitely i'm good too thanks for asking (laughs) i've got wine and halloween candy in front of me so yeah life is good as they might say yeah it's pretty good yeah Mm, halloween candy that's dangerous (laughs) i know we bought like a 95 piece box this week which is probably going to last a week if i'm being realistic with myself and honest with my heart we're gonna have to go to the bulk store and like bulk up, yeah, on bulk, definitely get yeah. some of those Sundries. candy corn mm-hmm. notions. The, the mallow pumpkins, oh, candy corn. How small of a bag of that do you think we can get? I can only really eat three pieces a day. Yeah, that's why I like getting them. I think because you're just eating pure like yeah. corn syrup. You're mainlining so... it. That's why they're candy corn. <laughs> it lasts a lot longer syrup. than my. Anything else, I just shove it in my face. So yeah, yeah, I like this Mars bar what was, right now. What was your favorite Halloween candy? Um, I don't even know if I can sh- think of mine. Big surprise, I I liked the bags of chips. Like those are always my favorite. Nice, nice. Uh, I always liked the sour apple dipped in caramel like suckers. Oh, those were never very popular in my town. I love them and they would always stick to my braces in disgusting ways so like (laughs) not that i would yank them out of my braces but that uh i would 
Wow, this is delicious. I'm sure all of our listeners want to hear this. Body horror. Yeah, it was like they would just stick on the outside, and then for like the next hour, it would be like Flavor Town, you know? Like a nice light flavoring. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have to ask my brother about that. Like, he had braces too as a kid, so. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't good. I remember the first day I had them, I tried to eat a sandwich. No. No. You cannot no, no, do no. that. You're not used to it. Hey. Whatever, whatever works for you, man. What were your least favorite Halloween candies? Uh, um, there were those ones that had the like Halloween. They were hard, sort of like caramels yes, with I Halloween wrappers, like and I they exactly tasted like about. black licorice. And most of the time, the wrapping paper wouldn't all come off of it. Yeah, that's I loved them. <laughs> so for those reasons, I didn't like them, and I also didn't like the pressed powder lollipops that were in the shape of like little okay, you UFOs. didn't like those yeah because they'd always make my tongue bleed oh yeah well that's part of the the fun of being a kid you know it's mm-hmm. like jawbreakers yeah <laughs> i do still like my well my new get down an atomic fireball and two extremely pepperminty peppermints at nice. the same time Whoa. so it's like a icy hot in my mouth. In your mouth that explains why i like eating icy hot so much now it, <laughs> it all makes sense it yeah. all makes sense I don't know. I'm one of those weirdos that really likes gross candies. Like, I love black licorice. Hey, God bless it. Someone's gotta. <laughs> I know. It's like yin, yin and yang. Because everything that I get is half black licorice. <laughs> it's that uh, I've had two friends who've gone to Iceland. Mm-hmm. And they've both brought me back something called lacrosse dunder. Which, like, is my favorite. It's yeah. like black licorice with... A chocolate rice crispy coating on the outside Whoa. is so good, and I love it. Good, I'm glad that you do. <laughs> I do not. That's why you got my share. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, uh, back to reality. Back to life. Yeah. We only have six podcasts after this one. Six episodes until it's actually Halloween. That's exciting. Yeah, so we got to start doing like our Halloweeny movies. Yeah. I look forward to trying to narrow it down. I know. And like at thinking of ones to like save for future years and oh, stuff. Oh, definitely. We know at least one that we're doing. And yeah. I'm excited to oh, talk about that yes. one. Yes. We'll leave you guys in suspense. Yeah. You probably have never, never seen it. Heard of it. And I know there's all of those awful oh, BuzzFeed's nine best lists of movies you've never seen before. <laughs> it's a it's special. It is. It's very good. I'm excited yeah. to talk about it when yeah, we get to. Yeah, me too. And encourage you guys. I think it is also it. shot on video like yes. our movies today. And all three of them are slightly nautical themed. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. was not intentional. We picked these uh, three movies. These and then, gems. Yeah, it sort of just it didn't occur to me until we did our episode yeah. last week. And then even further like Mm -hmm. two of them are from oklahoma yeah but unconnected unconnected shall we begin yes let's jump right into it we will be starting with gem is it a gem i guess we'll find out yeah united entertainment presents terror at 10 killer from 1986 oh let me just pop it into the vhs here (laughs) VHS noise is just out of the room. Directed by Ken Meyer and written by Claudia Meyer, starring Stacey Logan, Michelle Merchant, and Kevin Meyer. 
None of them Wait have really done very much. That's a lot of people. Uh, Kevin Meyer does his documentaries, so that's something exciting mm-hmm. uh, in regards to this movie. And so if you go on IMDb, Stacey Logan, the actress who plays Leslie, it says this is her only credit. However, However. <laughs> I have discovered that that's because she added an E to Stacey yeah. and has a full career under Stacy with an E Logan. And it's 100% the same woman. Like, it, she's been on Broadway. Oh, it looks just like her. You showed me. She's been in movies. The only difference is she has red hair. Excellent sleuthing. Yeah, so it was like it was a, so funny she when you changed her that. identity. <laughs> to distance herself from this wonderful movie, perhaps? Yeah. No, I bet she got to Hollywood and the producer was like, you got, you got guts, but <laughs> we, there's already a Stacey Lou, so we got to get your Stacey Well, I mean, if she was doing Broadway, it would have been New York. Oh, that's true. So you had a New York Just do a Nathan Lane Listen to it. Yeah. Nathan Lane. What the fuck was that? I have no idea. Sorry. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so the movie opens with a guy chasing a woman down in a truck. Yeah, Denise. Her name is Denise. And then he kills her. You can't see him killing her it's because extremely it's so dark. dark. As is the rest of this montage of yep. him, someone boating? Yeah, it's it's him, the killer. And he carries the body out into the lake on a, his boat, and then he drops it into the water. Bum, bum, bum. And uh, it's very dark. These opening credits are so tightly kerned that I got anxiety. I wrote down that it was like a pretty legit title sequence. It definitely was. Especially in comparison to the other two oh, we're talking boy. about. Which I think they did on the v- like on the video. Yeah. <laughs> we watched another one this week called Something About a Slime Creature. Oh, yeah. Another regional shot on video oh, movie. Oh, boy. And it had the worst title credits I've ever seen. And some of the most audaciously bad special effects Yes, several things about that movie were not good. It was almost a late contender to be on the episode, but yeah. then we, we changed our minds. Because we, I, it was just too, It was just not ugh. good. Like, yeah. they would wander around in this warehouse that it was filmed in. Yeah. And it had basically floor to very high ceiling windows where it was very obviously day. And they mm-hmm. were walking around with flashlights. Like, it was night. Like, it was night. And they couldn't leave because there was a unrelated gasoline or gas leak from yeah. the train station <laughs> so they were st- oh, anyways boy. we're we're getting off track yeah that watch will that probably happen watch that if episode. you need to fall asleep <laughs> so after this title sequence it's maudlin yeah we meet our heroine yeah. leslie she's doing laps in what is allegedly a college campus and while she's doing these laps, she is surprised by this guy named Josh, yeah, who looms over her as she gets out of the pool. He's mean. Yeah, he's very mean. He is her boyfriend, and boy, do they have some serious yeah. problems, which you know because he tells us. Yeah. Hey, babe, you and me got some serious problems. We got to work a few things out, you know what I mean? Well, this isn't a very good time or place, Josh. Fine. I can wait. And their whole conversation, and honestly, most of the dialogue in this movie, sounds like it was translated into English from another language. Yeah. Which yeah. it wasn't. But, God. Like, well, their sentence structure and the way they talk is just so needlessly it's, complicated. And it's unnatural. 
It's extremely unnatural. It's unnatural for the most part. I feel like Jana is the only one who manages to yeah. To she has some like moments that she's actually like a pretty good actress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So after this encounter with her abusive boyfriend leslie goes to take a shower and they go for a classic shower fake out scene where she's showering the camera creeps up like it's psycho but it's just her friend Jana. yeah joshing around and she's like oh josh speaking of josh josh is looking for you blah 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 yeah like she came to tell so Jana is a very good friend and throughout the whole movie she's a very good friend Mm -hmm. And so she just came to tell Leslie, like, oh, she heard Josh is on campus yeah. and she wanted to warn her. But unfortunately, she's late on the draw yeah. with that one. And she's like, he's got other girls. But Leslie's like, oh, yeah, oh, our parents, we've known each other forever since we were before but we were born in a past life. So we have to get married. <laughs> we get right off the bat that Jana thinks Josh is no good because he isn't. And Leslie describes, like, a textbook abusive relationship. Yeah, like, not textbook. that I'm making fun of her because I'm not, but like, it's more of like her family. Yeah. So, like you said, she had to what go to college hell? for two years. Oh yeah. As a compromise to marry John or Josh, who mm-hmm. she's been dating since high school, and whatever. That's a little piece of exposition, I guess. We get weirdly like coercive (laughs) so she and Jana go outside and josh is waiting because he said he'd meet her out there and he like aggressively grabs her arm and drags her away to talk he like he definitely assaults her with this rough handling she's wearing not to trivialize this yeah her awesome dress it's like a hibiscus 80s print yeah fuck josh fuck josh (laughs) i have no idea what he's upset about they start arguing and Jana is like, oh shit. So she goes to interrupt. Yeah, man. And she takes way too long. Tells tells him off a little bit and he vows revenge on Jana very mm-hmm. ominously. Yeah, fuck this chode. So I have it written the, down. <laughs> the two of them go back to their amazing dorm room, oh, yeah. which is just like a corner with wood paneling, uh, a beatbox. A chair and a phone. It looks like a rental cabin in the 80s. Yeah. It's, it's probably like a hotel room. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to their boombox, which is like beep, boop, beep, yeah. boop, boop. <laughs> like just random beeping and booping. It was great. Leslie is telling Jana that she's had bruises before, and Jana urges her to like tell someone yeah. not to get back together with him, to like just get away from mm-hmm. him and then of course this is when he calls and starts threatening her oh yeah i need more time so Jana, again being a great friend takes mm-hmm. the phone and she tells him off like i'll call the police she said that she doesn't want to talk to you yeah and like assertive but without being too yeah she says she'll call the police and his parents yeah yeah definitely. to let them know what their son's that's like that's pretty good which is pretty hardcore uh, then she suggests that Leslie come with her up to the lake that she's going to for the summer. She even tells Leslie that like, she can probably get her job. And then she warns Leslie that if she gets back together with Josh or like stays in this mm-hmm. situation, she could end up dead. Yeah. And it's not like, I don't know. She's she's a very good friend. It's weird to see it portrayed so nicely on in in a movie where yeah. it has really nothing to do with the rest of it i mean it does but i don't know 
It's almost like yeah. an educational video. Almost, like one of those yeah. videos they make you watch in school. Or but, like an after school special or something. better? Because yeah. it's not in your face. I don't know. It's a confusing movie. <laughs> it's a confused movie, I should say. And then we get our first of what is going to be many classic slasher movie arriving at the setting in a car scenes. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're listening to this really bad off-brand song that sounds like it's from a Coke commercial. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a lot to do. Swimming, fishing, water skiing. Everyone I know has a boat. It's great. No, it's a lake. (laughs) (laughs) There were a lot last summer. I don't know what's going to be this summer, but there were a lot of great guys. There's usually some interesting ones working on the boats and stuff, so we'll have to have some boat repair. You should. I am so, I'm so glad I got you away from that situation. I think you really need a nice change. I don't remember the lyrics, but I wrote down drivel. <laughs> Something stupid like that. While they're driving, Jana is pretty much just reaffirming that she thinks she's a very good friend to Leslie. Mm-hmm. And then they finally arrive at Lake Ten Killer. And if you were wondering why it was called mm-hmm. Lake Ten Killer, you're in luck because Jana drops a little bit of backstory um, about a Native American princess, yeah. blah, blah, blah. She tells the whole story in a little bit. But um, so Ten Killer is a real lake. And the story that they use in this movie is total fabrication, like total BS. The reason what? it's called Lake Ten Killer is because the land was donated by a Native American family, and that was their last name. Awesome. Yeah. Not as exciting, but <laughs> awesome. So after they have this like look at the lake, they head to a local restaurant where yeah. Jana is a fave of the owner because this is where she works in the summers. And She's been coming there and working there since yeah. she was 14. She lands herself a job. She lands Leslie a job, Mm -hmm. even though Leslie doesn't really have any experience. And then the owner of the restaurant, Charlie, mentions that one of his waitresses, Denise, Mm -hmm. just took off. So they're in need of some some waitresses. And also the one he has now is like useless. Yeah. And while they're doing this, there's a creepy dude in red who's peeping on Leslie and... Jana. You gotta peep sometimes. But then his other waitress goes and sits with this guy and starts oh, chatting yeah. about yeah, Definitely. I don't know if they ever say her name. I think I have The it, waitress. I just have it as dumbass waitress. <laughs> <laughs> because, oh, no. be, because she was like unhelpful, I feel like. <laughs> I don't remember. I... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Jana gets them both jobs and while she's doing this, she describes exactly what is going on in her life. Like, that's the one thing yeah. with the audio in this. It's like if I were like, Mitchell, I'm going to the grocery store to get groceries because that's where we will find groceries. They have many groceries at the grocery store. They have apples or I could get some oranges. And it only takes five minutes if I walk. 
Maybe less if I take the bus. Oh my I god. I don't even know what it would be like if I took the cab, but I suppose we could find out at the time. That sort of crap is infuriating. I have written down here, but how did they get to the cabin? Because they show them it's such an excruciatingly long, like, driving sequence. It's like everything in this movie has to be explained and then underlined. (laughs) They're, like, when they get to the cabin that they're living in, there's Mm -hmm. actually some pretty solid shots. Like, Janice sees someone is watching her. Oh, yeah. Like, it, I don't know, like, it's. It's pretty good. We see like a POV shot from the inside and then they're going to get changed because they're going to go swimming. Mm -hmm. So then it's a scene of Jana changing and into a bikini. And it is very obvious that this scene was in like put in at a later time because her hair is longer Mm -hmm. and most noticeably and not to draw too much attention to this. She has massive breast implants and And in the rest of the movie she does not and the only reason we noticed it at all is because of this one scene where it's completely like she's wearing the same clothes like she wears two outfits essentially throughout the whole movie and she's wearing it and it's just like whoa so i i don't know why they added that in or like what what the idea there was Um, pits i bet it's just like oh slasher movies guys like breasts yeah i don't know so she's getting changed and she thinks that she saw someone watching from outside yeah and again this was weird given the rest of the movie because i'm positive that it was josh oh true who they show which doesn't make any sense with the rest of the movie not at all uh leslie meanwhile in contrast to this bikini is wearing a one piece with a full xxl t-shirt over top yeah, they do that a lot in this yeah. movie like Jana will be wearing very um revealing clothes and then like leslie mm-hmm. will be wearing something similar but just like, like fully cons- modesty conservative. yeah and it makes no sense because Jana is not that character and he's i don't know it doesn't make any sense to me (laughs) like why it's so sharp because they both seem very on the level to me definitely and like they go down to the lake and the unfortunate thing about this lake is that they use this boat docking area for all of their waterfront scenes oh yeah and it's gross it's got like weeds growing up through it and I felt bad that they had to swim in it because I have a feeling like the water is probably pretty gross there it looked murky yeah I would not want to swim in it and she was right to be scared of fishes yeah and they swim for a bit and then they get out and then this is when Jana tells the full story about lake 10 killer yeah. well this indian girl's little sister was stolen and killed by another tribe so she got revenge on them by killing 10 of their bravest warriors one by one she killed the last one on this lake by wrapping herself around his body pulling him under until they both drowned. It's not true, is it? No, of course not. Daddy just told me that story because I'd never been swimming in anything besides a pool, and I was afraid to swim in the lake because I couldn't see the bottom. So Daddy said that the Indian girl's spirit lived at the bottom of the lake and protected brave, strong girls like us. It's silly, but I was only eight. She also explains that she's been coming up here since her parents' divorce, and it means a lot to her and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then that night, 
the waitress from the restaurant mm-hmm. is getting home from a date. She's dressed as Minnie Mouse. Yep. Basically. Yeah, she's wearing like a polka dot red dress. <laughs> yeah. And she goes to do what you always do after a date, which is take a jacuzzi. Yeah. She gets to like the jacuzzi room and we see that there's a creeper outside the window. I like this shot. I, I liked it, it too. It's very modern. Yeah. The whole scene is of him like watching from outside. Like it's all shot from outside her getting ready for the hot tub and like yeah. him creeping from outside. One shot static. So it's like very much like you're you're there watching things unfold. Yeah, I think it's yeah. like pretty effective. So she gets in the hot tub and from behind her the door slowly opens and we see that it's the creepy man in red ah. from the restaurant. His name is Tor. Yeah. And yeah, she's like, "What are you doing here?" And then he fully he's wearing like jean jacket and jeans. He just gets into the jacuzzi and starts wailing on her. Yeah, he like starts drowning her a little bit. No thanks. Uh, and then, so she's eating an apple in the hot tub. Oh yeah, important to note because yeah. then he grabs the apple knife Oof. and stabs her with it. It's one of those like paring knives. Yeah, and then the water Ugh. goes red. Not red enough, in my opinion. No, it's more like a, a blush. This is this is one of those movies that. Usually I like violence in these movies, but because it was all framed in like a domestic violence or like very misogynistic yeah. killer, it was like uncomfortable to watch. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I Well, I agree, right? And maybe that's part of the terror. I think it's interesting that it was written by a woman. Yeah, me too. Me too. Definitely. Uh, the next day, yeah, the, the girls take their dad, or no, they show up at the dock. Yeah, they go to the, the yeah, dock for Jana's daddy's boat, and she's like, "Oh, is Red here?" She asks the guy working there, mm-hmm. and he says, "No, he took off with his uh, missus across country in a RV." Hmm. And so she asks him to get the boat for her, and he's like, "Oh, well, I need some ID," and she doesn't give him any ID. She literally just says her name and who her father yeah. is, and that's her acceptable pedigree. for him. My name is Jana McKinney. The boat is stored under my father's name, Aston McKinney. Will you get it now? We tried to come early so we could get out of your way before you got too busy. Okay, Tor, we get the boat. He's just like, oh, okay. Uh, but don't worry, Tor's there. And, yeah. And he's going to go get it instead. I have no idea how he got it because... He didn't have yeah. keys. She didn't give him keys. I. They probably have keys at Ugh. the dock, but Ugh. I don't know. That's my opinion. Again, the dialogue is just very intense. It's like they all speak in entirely full sentences. Oh, yeah. And it's delivered so strangely. But they also don't address things, like the gasoline. Oh, just, you know, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Put it oh, on my bill. And... The guy, so the guy who runs this like boat launch or whatever, Mm -hmm. his name is Preacher because, and he says this Mm -hmm. because his dad named him that. That sucks. It's stupid. So then when Jana and Leslie take off, Mm -hmm. this Preacher and Tor are left at the dock and he goes into this whole monologue about filthy old men and how there's pervy dudes around and he's gonna perv on them himself wretched minds (laughs) like dude you're so self-aware he's a self-aware wolf oh yeah this is terrible (laughs) so the girls drive off boating 
that's the last we see of them boating. Mm-hmm. And, and at, back at their cottage, Josh keeps calling Leslie. Yeah. And it's like he calls and then hangs up. Like Leslie hangs up and then he, he calls, calls again right and Jana answers. And then she hangs, hangs up. up. And then it calls again, but this time it's Charlie. Wah, wah. And he's calling to like set up their schedules yeah. because his other waitress has gone missing. So unreliable. Yeah. So then Jana uh, again. Oh yeah. Fully and thoroughly explains the work situation and how it will be done. Like she entirely explains how the scheduling, how every the dynamic, how everything yeah. is going to work. Yeah. Hey, Lev. Guess what? That was Charlie. His waitress walked out on him, and he wants you to work afternoons. By myself? Oh, sure. It's easy. Charlie comes in early and cooks up most of the lunch specials. Then I come in to help with breakfast and lunch. By the time you get there and the lunch rush is over, all you have to do is cook up a few burgers and maybe serve some pie and coffee. What about the dinner crowds? Charlie doesn't worry much about being open at night during the week. There's just not that many people around. What about weekends? <laughs> now that's a little different. But we'll work something out before then. And like, oh, on weekend, late at night, you don't have to worry. Da-na-na-na-na. Yeah. Like there's the little Q&A. <laughs> it's great. It's like, great. Any sort of plot hole or anything you could possibly think of, all... they make sure to make sure they can explain it. Well, they, they were anticipating IMDb and nerds going over it with a fine-tooth comb. Yeah. Definitely. So there's a knock on their door. And our pervy preacher yeah. has brought the girls some fish yeah. and also to creep on them. He, like, tries to get himself invited in for a cold beer. Yeah. But Jana's not really having any of it very smartly. I feel like Jana really can suss out situations. Like, she sussed the situations out. Oh, she knew, yeah. like, wow, this is weird. Or, like, this is dumb. And she took control of it like "Mm, no thanks for the fish though yeah like very clear that she was having none of it which i liked so she goes back inside and then preacher goes to a tree lights up a cigarette and starts watching leslie undress in silhouette upstairs fucking in the window you can't just buy a fucking playboy (laughs) no you gotta see it the silhouette itself. Ooh, look at those shadows. He doesn't get to creep for very long, yeah. though, because Tor shows up. Yeah, he's doing creeping of his own, creeping and on him. Blue is really his color because when he killed the waitress in the hot tub, he was wearing a full denim oh, yeah. ensemble. And here he's wearing a sweatshirt, a blue sweatshirt. But I think by the next frame, it's changed to a blue T-shirt. So Something like that. That yeah. happens. He delivers the hell out of a monologue about men and their filth. Yeah, you're too old for late night activities. I mean the kind of man that sees something perfect and new and beautiful, then covers it with his filth. The kind of man that sees something with his eyes and hands and mind, then pulls it down into the dirt with him. What's the matter? Am I getting in your way, Tor? You heard what I said, old man. Yeah, I heard. And I'm old. I'm too old to take any shit from a young smartass like you. 
And then Preacher goes to walk off when Tor attacks him. And then there's another one of the definitely spliced in when they had a bigger budget scenes of um, him, like Tor cutting off Preacher's arm. And it's very good special effects. Like amazing special effects. When the knife like finally got through the... And the yeah. skin over it. I don't know. It was very good. It was a very Ooh, good. I don't like that visual effect because you can imagine it happening to you. That's like how realist. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no thanks. I prefer not to be amputated. And then Leslie walks all the way down to the boat dock yeah, in her lavish, flowing nightgown, silky, tied at the waist. Yeah, yeah. and as she's looking. Jana pops up behind her. Uh-huh. I love scaring the shit out of you, <laughs> even though I know you're under stress. Uh, there's a mystery boat. Yeah. We presume it's what's his face, Preachers. Yeah, because so he, like, Tor put Preacher in his boat and he's just uh, floating around. Like, his, yeah. Well, okay. So I think that's what happens but also she finds his body later so i don't really know a couple true. couple of plot maybe holes he like saved that in this movie. maybe he saved half half there half for later yeah maybe Who knows? um so back at their house they got a message oh yeah and it says i'm gonna get you and but they can't tell if it's josh or not because it's ambiguous <laughs> and Jana hears the message at first like she keeps it kind of a secret from oh, Leslie. Yeah. And as she's listening to it for, I think, the fourth or fifth time, um, we see that Tor has arrived. Yeah. He's wearing short shorts. Yes, he's wearing very short shorts. And he's talking about fixing their motor. And I'm really not sure when that came in. Because the last time we saw, they drove away in a boat. Oh, um, I think maybe... maybe uh, uh, Get, one of the girls mentions it to him like oh just like you said our boat stopped working or something i don't remember oh okay i just i don't think that they had seen him since the dock yeah i don't either. well he said at the dock oh i took a look at your engine a totally normal thing for a person to do oh before okay. i brought you the thing and these hoses looked a little bit sus okay gotcha no and then like obviously he did it jerk yeah so he like sits down mm-hmm. and he's giving like quite the thigh show with his tiny short shorts like yeah. they're all the way up and Jana's kind of spilling the beans regarding leslie's relationship to tour yeah she's like telling him all about like josh and how the relationship dynamic with leslie is mm-hmm. and he is disgusted when he hears about it, yeah. which is kind of weird. It has a very confusing message, this movie. Well, I mean, in real life, people like that, they'll, like, pretend to be disgusted by it, and that way you don't know that they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. It makes the victim seem crazy. <laughs> um, but, like, and he's saying, like, Jana, you, you're such a good friend, yeah. which is true, but weird coming out of his mouth, considering. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, when he leaves... Jana shows Leslie the voicemail. Oh, yeah. And all this whole time, like, you can see preachers floating around in the background. Yeah. Like his boat. Propped up. Yeah. So that night, Josh uh, wakes Leslie with a haunting harmonica sound. And there's smoke and shit. 
and she walks out onto the front porch. This is clearly a dream yeah, sequence. Yeah, definitely a dream sequence. Because of the ethereal light being poured out of every <laughs> of the window. House, there's like a blue fog. She goes out, and then he raises a knife. Yeah. And, and then she turns into Jana, and then she wakes up. Yeah. Uh, and she goes downstairs, because I don't know what she's doing, looking around the kitchen, and the phone rings, and someone's like, you're beautiful, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And then Jana grabs the phone again. Yeah, I think she called. Jana's at work. She calls Jana to be like, uh, "Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel uncomfortable." Okay, yeah, you're right. But how do I get there? Oh, this is how I walk there. And then it proceeds to show her walking from the cabin to the restaurant. And it, I wrote down, but how did she walk there? <laughs> I would never have known. I would have expected. She fell into a void the second she left the house. Yeah, despite these increasingly creepy phone calls and the looming threat of her ex-boyfriend, yeah. she is she doesn't really feel scared anymore, which is good because despite all this danger that she knows is present, she throws on her best khakis and gross running shoes. Oh, and yeah. like you said, she makes this whole trek all the way to the restaurant. And I think one of the things she says to Jen is, I hope my parents don't tell him where I am. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so too. Your parents seem not good. I blame them for this. <laughs> not giving her enough support. So when she gets there, she describes to Jana what the caller said. Mm -hmm. And then she has a huge revelation about her life and how she's always doing stuff for other people, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Now she's independent. <laughs> So tell me exactly what he said. Well, the first thing he said was, was, um, beautiful Leslie. And then he said, I want you, I'm going to get you, like he said the other time. And I think he said forever mine. Then he hung up. Are you sure it was Josh? I'm pretty sure. Well, you sure are calm about it. I thought you would be really upset. Well, I guess I've finally come around to believing what you've always said, that Josh is mostly a lot of talk, and if I just stand up for myself, then he'll back down. I think I'm tired of being sweet little Leslie. I've got to make some changes. Uh, so Tor's going to come back at 6 p.m. with the parts of the boat, because uh, he needed to order them or something. Uh, and um... like it cuts to later in the day yeah. after Janice shift is over and then Tor shows up and he orders like a pie and stuff from oh, yeah. Leslie. And then they both tell Jana that she looks tired. So she's going to go home and uh, go for a swim, mm -hmm. maybe take a nap. And she heads off and leaves Tor and Leslie alone and then Leslie, like, talks through this thing with Tor again. And I swear the people in this movie just have the same conversation in over different ways and over, over and over and over again. That's why I'm having a hard time following the plot. Because <laughs> I keep being like, that happens three times. Oh, it happens yeah. throughout the whole movie. It's all they talk about. Like, it's Leslie lamenting about Josh and mm -hmm. people telling her, like, oh, you don't do that i think tor is like you could have any man you wanted or something like that uh jana is at home and she's swimming but she can't swim in the rain i guess because she'd get wet 
Yeah. Uh, so she gets up and she like looks into the rain and mm-hmm. smiles. As you do. So I guess she falls asleep for several hours. On the dock. Because then it oh, cuts to yes. the pitch black. Oh my God. And we see Tor creep up wearing very nice red wings. Yep. And he wakes her up and is like, how about we go back to your place for that beer? Because mm-hmm. she offered him a beer earlier for the motor situation. And Leslie's back at the bar. Yeah, for some reason she's still there. She's reading the strand. <laughs> and as well. all of the lights are off. Yeah, like she's, she's just, just sitting out. there. And then Josh calls her? Yeah, she gets another call. But how would he know that she was there? Well, okay, so here's the thing about the calls. They're supposed to be Tor, too, some of them. Yes. So I don't really know which is which. Oh, so she thinks that makes sense. Yeah. Because, like I said, how would he know? Um, when Back at, yeah. like, the, the cottage... Janet is washing her hair in the kitchen sink As in you do. front of Tor for sexy. some reason. It's sexy. Well, yeah. maybe it's like, oh, I have to wash my hair. <laughs> so I, I'm not going to hook up with you tonight because I'm washing. I'm literally washing my hair in front of you. And so he's drinking his beer and then he starts playing harmonica just like Leslie's dream. Not good. He unplugs the phone and the music gets more sinister. Mm-hmm. And they throw in like a tracking POV shot as he creeps up behind Jana. Then he grabs her bikini top and undoes it. Yeah. And then he stabs her to death. And they. And like slams her into the sink and shit. Yeah, they Ugh. get one good FX shot in there of like the knife going in. Otherwise, it's like a pretty unceremonious end to Jan, I thought. And she's such a good character. It I know. really. Well, they spent spent like the first hour and 10 minutes of this movie doing absolutely nothing. And then they cram everything into like the last 10. Definitely. So then it shows Josh, who is chain smoking while trying to track them down using maps. Yeah, and he's circling the map. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and it just got to get that circle right. Leslie (sighs) finally gets home and she notices the harmonica, but doesn't notice that directly beside the harmonica... The phone is very visibly unplugged. Yeah, like, obviously. Uh, and then... Josh is on his way. Mm-hmm. It, like, shows, like, a... Like, him driving in his car that's 100% moving. And, oh, his hands were, like, at... Yeah. Right at the top of the wheel, both of them together. Really bizarre. I don't think I've ever seen that in a movie before. And it was jarring to see. He was angry. So obviously the cabin is empty. Mm -hmm. So Jana, or not Jana, Leslie runs down to the docks and that's where she sees Jana's dead body. In the boat. Uh, So Tor comes up behind her and is like, oh my God, Josh must have done this. Yeah, that's what she says. Ugh. And there's like a spider web after he tricks her. (laughs) That's how you know he tricked her because she's caught in his web. They run back to the cottage and Tor finally lets his creepy mm. flag fly oh. and he tells his whole like MO. It's my harmonica. She was asking for it. <laughs> like, fuck you. Why? She was asking for it. You know she was. And she was getting in the way. In the way? between us I've wanted you ever since I first saw you Leslie 
You're the most perfect woman I've ever known. So sweet. You need someone like me to protect you. Yeah, he's all spooky about how good Leslie is and how she needs him to protect her and spoil her. And then she, like, puts her car keys between her fingers and cuts his face. Yeah, really nice. Also, unfortunately for this actor, extremely obvious in the lighting in this scene, his face is covered in scars. Yeah. Like, yeah. covered in, like, acne scars. Yeah. And and now a big-ass scratch from the Yeah, keys. man. Uh, and she, she runs. She tries to go under the house, but she finds the corpse of Preacher, I believe. Someone, there's a corpse under there. Yeah, and while she's running away, like, in the woods or whatever, Mm -hmm. she hears Josh's car pull up to the house, which, of course, Tor also hears. Yep. So then he, like, Josh goes inside the cabin to meet his end. Yeah, and... uh, Off screen? He doesn't die on screen, right? I don't don't, think so. Yeah, no. I think... Because when she comes back, now that she thinks Josh mm-hmm. is in there, even though his car door is open, all the lights are off in the house, and no one's answering her, so she goes inside and she sees that Josh's neck has been and cut. And he's dead. And he, he did. And I was so happy because the last time... Did we watch this before, right? Or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've watched this yeah, before. Yeah, but we, I was not paying attention. And I thought that he saved the day in the end. I, like, I thought that oh, too. I God. don't know why I remember that happening. I, and then when he died, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it, if anyone, at least it was him. Tor comes up from behind mm-hmm. her. At, Nobody like, loves you as much as I love you. Yeah, he knocks her out. Mm-hmm. And then he puts her in his boat and starts rowing her out into the lake yeah. to, to dump her overboard. But while they're en route, she wakes up and like fakes being dead for yeah. a little while and then instead of just pushing him into the water she jumps into the water as and well and boat. like tips the boat yeah and she takes off towards the shore and he tries to follow but he can't swim or he's like pulled under we're we're led to believe oh that that's true the, the legend of 10, 10 killer made it an 11 killer <laughs> now they're gonna have to change that big ass sign yeah <laughs> so he he like seems to drown and she makes it being a swimmer saved my life but poor Jana. sometimes i think that the indian maiden Jana told me about pull tour under and revenge we'll never know the police investigation wasn't able to solve the mystery of tour's background who he really was where he came from or why he did those horrible things i just thank god that tour or whoever he was is now at the because she's a swimmer. As the voiceover tells us. Which I totally forgot about yeah. until she says so in that dumb narration. Not part of her identity. It was like two seconds at the beginning yeah. and never really mentioned it. Like, I don't think she swims she's otherwise swim. in the movie. She's reluctant to swim. Like, Jana swims. Uh, whatever. Ugh. So, and then after this narration she does, Tor jumps out of the water and the end credits roll. Yeah. Poor Jana, man. <laughs> this movie was hot hot trash if I, only because it was so boring <laughs> yeah I, I feel like there's a couple of things to unpack here like like i said before i think it's pretty interesting that it was written by a woman because the descriptions of domestic abuse are like so spot on yeah yeah but also like almost over described yeah they, they told a lot more than they well it'd be hard to show it i guess the acting is pretty bad mm-hmm. like 
pretty very bad. Other than Janna at, at times. At times. Yeah. And I will I will say that I think the cinematography is relatively solid. Oh, yeah. So Steve Wax, who was the cinematographer, still works a lot. It seems like he mostly does, like, behind-the-scenes documentaries and featurettes for big movies, like he did Secrets of the Force Awakens, A Ooh. Cinematic Journey. He did, like, a bunch of ones like that. But he seems to, like... He, oh, yeah, and he did... Uh, he was a cinematographer for I'm Divine, the oh, documentary about Divine. Whoa. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty Bizarre. interesting. I like it. He did a few, like, shitty action movies in the 90s, you but he seems to have really found his stride doing like the documentaries and stuff yeah well good for him i'm glad he's still working but overall i think this is like a pretty boring mundane movie yeah uh they never explain where tor comes from she says as much yeah i i don't know that i would say it's awful it's just sort of like not good some of the effects were pretty good like you said like the arm cutting and everything and i think that can be chalked up to doug powell who is one of the makeup artists and it's because his first credit is on the movie the ripper which is a tom savini movie so i think he probably like picked up some hot tips oh i bet for the master himself oh for sure must have been like a pretty good learning experience yeah yeah Tavini seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Terra Ten Killer. Are we ready to move on to our next one? Well, I'll whip out the oh, six yeah. degrees of Jamie Lee first. Surely no one in this movie connects. <laughs> so Stacy Logan, who plays Leslie, mm-hmm. and this is Stacy with the E, who is the same woman, uh, is in Missing Pieces with Lauren Hutton, who is in Perfect with Jamie Lee Curtis. Amazing perfect you might say <laughs> perfect Ba-dum-bum. which brings us to our less than perfect yeah second movie blood known lake. as blood lake blood lake also shot in oklahoma like we said yeah. directed by tim boggs yeah. who now does sound supervising for a lot of big tv shows like legion queen sugar Whoa. the good wife the mysteries of laura those are shows I actually recognize. Yeah. And one of which I've watched. And it's written by Doug Barry, who also plays the character of Mike, the main the main mm. character, who we'll talk about later. And it stars Doug Barry, Angela Darter, Mike Kaufman, Andrea Adams, and Michael Darter. So again, yeah. most of these people did Family. absolutely nothing. <laughs> Family affair too. Uh, kind of a sorry kind of a weird connection or maybe i don't know because they're probably all three shot in oklahoma but andrea adams who plays kim is also in tom savini's the ripper Hmm. yeah so i don't know it was probably shot in oklahoma or something stars align i did good tax credits so this one jumps right into the opening credits with an extremely tragic font choice oh yeah and we see some gardener trimming hedges outside of a lakefront cottage and this cowboy booted guy comes along and cowboy hatted he says he can't do it anymore and then he stabs the guy to death to death and then we cut to our second slasher movie arriving at the location scene oh boy our characters are driving to another store brand rock song (laughs) 
that uh, for these shots, they just trade between the person driving the car and the person in the passenger seat. Yeah. Just back and forth. <laughs> and it's uncomfortable. We've got our two brothers awkwardly jostling each other yeah, in the front seat, Mike and Tony. Do. And then we've got the rest of our characters in the back. Well, Becky, Mike's girlfriend, mm-hmm. is in the front seat. And then in the back, we've got um, Tony. No, Tony's in the front. Brian? We've got, yeah, Brian, Kim, and Susan. I don't know any of their names, so buckle up, <laughs> everyone. It's like an extremely unnecessarily long scene, but they finally get to the lake house, and it's the same house where we saw our cowboy boot guy snap. Oh my God, what are the odds? So everyone's getting out of the car, mm-hmm. and we get to see that brian Mm. he's total meat he's wearing the shortest short yeah the tiniest viking shorts and a sleeveless t-shirt that's cut essentially all the way down to the side like it might as well just be like a poncho it's like a male bikini and mike is dressed very similarly yeah but he's wearing they had those gross plaid cargo shorts even back then apparently (laughs) thanks american eagle so they they're bringing all their crap inside, mm-hmm. and what? they find that the fridge is filled with groceries. What? Where did these come from? I don't. The, this is what I don't like about this movie. The improv acting is so. It's like they are asking them to be bad <laughs> at it. Uh, and I love that when they were moving shit in from the car, it was uh, two small bags and a bag of groceries. Yeah, and for, they have so much beer. For all nine of them. Yeah. So Becky knows that it isn't their groceries because it would have gone bad and this stuff is still good so mike puts it all in a bag and takes it out to the garbage Mm -hmm. and i think i personally speaking would probably be a bit more suspicious than that yeah but whatever to each their own from are we safe in this house is there a drifter (laughs) while he's out there throwing the the groceries out he sees the conspicuous garden shed and wants to check it out but then becky shows up behind him to let him know that they don't have the key to it. Yeah. And I I guess it, it, like I should have mentioned earlier when talking about our characters in the car. So Tony and Susan are like 12. Like they're babies, essentially. Oh, yeah. And they're, well, Tony sexually harasses her throughout the rest of the movie. <laughs> so they go down to the lake with Becky, the, mm-hmm. the two of them, Tony and Susan. And when they go to get on the dock they see that there's a, an arm floating in the yeah, lake and becky screams yeah they freak out but it's just brian oh, being a dingus brian. and he pulls tony into the water and then tony pulls mike into the water <laughs> and everything's in that idyllic pre-murder phase what a bunch of lads you couldn't do this nowadays because you'd end up ruining two smart watches and five phones they go boat riding. They start drinking beer. Oh, yeah, including Tony. Yeah, Brian gives Tony a beer, corrupting the youth with his sexy bod mm-hmm. and loose morals. Mm-hmm. And perverted jokes, according yeah. to the ladies. They see a guy on a nearby dock, our cowboy boot guy, yeah, and, and they, they start yelling at him? For no reason. One beer does that to you? No, you're just shit. Yo! Hey, man! <laughs> Check him out, know, man. What's his deal? I don't know. You can't bust me without being able to talk or something. <laughs> hey, man! That's a fish, man! You got any fish? 
let's go back to the house and see what the wives are doing, huh? Yeah, what the hell? Wives my ass. And then he menacingly stabs the knife into the dock. Yeah, how dare they disrespect him. <laughs> the three amigos go back up to the house, mm-hmm. and they see that the girls are talking to two more friends who have arrived, Dennis and Chuck. They're not staying at the house, but they're staying nearby. So they're going to leave and come back in the morning, and then Becky calls her dad, read the groceries, and he tells her to change the locks. Genius. You know, just change them. Genius. It's a good thing they packed extra locks, plus another spare set, just in case they had to change them again. And then Becky lets Mike and us know that she has got a bad feeling about all this. Oh, thanks. Mike, something's going on down here, and it's really bothering me. Everything's okay. Don't worry about it. Been looking forward to this for a long time. Well, so have I. I'm just glad you came down. I'm glad you invited me. Let me throw this on real quick. Okay, I'm going to go outside. Okay. Thanks. And I think that's a relatively smart reaction to this whole situation. Definitely. Like you said, it's pretty weird to find other people's shit in your fridge. If there was someone living there, you would think like there would be other shit there. Definitely. I would I would think so. My California raisins. <laughs> So they all sit down for beer and dinner. Oh, yeah. And all the beer is in identical glasses. It's strange to see. I don't know. Can you imagine how long it would have taken to dump all that beer in there? Because they're big glasses. They're like two beers each. Sometimes I think they might have been really drinking it sometimes because there's at least one time where Becky looks fucking lit. Oh, yeah. And anyway, so they're doing whatever and and talking about sex. And then they immediately go smoke weed. Oh, do they? Yeah, man. I love it. Uh, I have written down when Tony's like, hey, what's this weird crone face on the wall? <laughs> That's something my dad got a long time ago. What does it do? What an idiot. I can't believe you. So like, hey, thanks, dad. Uh, This isn't haunted. They seem to be doing pretty much everything in their power to get killed in a horror movie. Like they're doing everything you shouldn't be doing in a movie. It's gross. Uh, Uh, Surprisingly, there's also no smoke in any of their uh, cigarettes or jazz cigarettes. Definitely not. Well, it's hard to tell with all the artifacts. Sometimes it was literally impossible for me to know what they were talking about. They all sounded like the teachers in Peanuts. Uh, Tony keeps talking about how he wants to have sex with Susan mm-hmm. this weekend, and Mike's That's like, right, Tony. There's it. only two kinds of girls, those that do and those that will. I don't know what that means. But anyway, they go to bed, and that's when they hear a noise. Yeah. And Mike half-heartedly like, looks out the window, and then he takes his shirt off, Yeah. and he, then they hear another noise. He says, shit, I don't see anything over here twice in a row in the exact same voice and it was disturbing to me uh also in this movie the killer's pov is in this awesome like tang vision yeah i think it's (laughs) to try and make it so it's more visible like predator i don't know bizarre (laughs) super bizarre so after the second noise Mm -hmm. he runs out shirtless and unarmed uh and unarmed only to just miss someone going back into the shed when he rounds the corner of the house. And so he goes back inside, Mm. and the whole crew has come downstairs to check what's happening, and then they all go back to bed. Yeah. 
And the next day, it's water sport time, baby. Yeah, can I just say water ski montage to the song that says feeling free? That's honestly like 15 minutes of this movie. Yeah, this it's so long. And who cares? Brian and Mike aren't kissing yet. Oh, they never kiss. <laughs> She's very angry about yeah, that. So they all get in on the action of this water skiing. It's not that fun, is it? I don't you're know. I've never been. I think I've done it once, and you're being just dragged behind a boat. <laughs> What's fun about that? And, oh, you can fall down sometimes if you want to spice it up. Fuck water skiing. There I said it. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> They're all doing their best to these bitchin' guitarists. Oh, yeah. So when Mike and Brian are coming back into the oh, boat yeah. to change out... Tony calls them fags, which is pretty spicy. Yeah, you fags giving up. You know why? This is part of the fag discourse by which young men develop a masculine identity by shunning anything that's effeminate. I see. Yeah, the more you know. So they finish their their skiing and they go back to the lake house where their two other friends, Dennis and Chuck, are waiting Mm -hmm. for their turn. So Kim and Brian get out of the boat and... Chuck and Dennis get back in, and then they go off, and then there's more water skiing. Oh, definitely. Susan, like you said, is going to give it a go. So she gets in the water with Tony chirping her the whole time. They give her the hugest life jacket I've ever seen in my life. So she calls him Little Tony, and Mike is like, they must they must have did it last night. She definitely <laughs> knows Tony. And she doesn't even get to water ski because she sees a snake and gets spooked out. So they have to go back home. And the snake doesn't even come into play later, I don't think. No. Fuck this snake. (laughs) Fuck this montage. It's all useless. It literally is useless. They go back home. They're all hanging out, finishing up a meal and joshing each other some more before they head out for some more skiing, Mm -hmm. save for Chuck and Dennis who are going to go home. So while they're walking back to go to their cottage or whatever. They see someone. Yeah, they see someone peeping in the windows. She's got cowboy boots, a cowboy shirt, and a cowboy hat on. So they put on their best tough boy axe, yeah. puff their chests out, and hey, buddy, scare them off. We're going to kick your ass. Come here so we can kick your ass. So he goes around the side of the house and disappears. And for some reason, they think he ran away, but he obviously just went into that garden shed. Yeah, and they're like, where did he go? The shed of mystery. Later that night, they're playing a bizarre game of quarters. Yeah, they're, they're all smoking and drinking again. The worst fake acting. The whole, yeah, Ham- it's definitely an improvised scene, I think, here. Like, Becky is just talking about how bad she would be at it. Oh and it's like, God. shut up, Becky. Like, and also, you can't just do it for real. You know what I mean? You I have to put on airs that you're... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I If I'm being totally honest, I kind of like the scene. The him in a What's up? What are you gonna do? Oh, uh, I'm about to uh, replace some quarters. All right, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I never do yeah. that. Oh, that's All good. Right. Come on, let's do it. All right. I can't do that. I don't want any of that. Amen. Pass it on now. Keep that away from me. Like I thought it was almost hyper realistic. Like their their interactions with mm. each other. And it went on for a really long sort time. Sort of like that Nathan for you episode where he recorded the Smokers Aloud and he scripted the entire bar. I don't remember that. That's fine. So. This is not Nathan for you podcast. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it just feels <laughs> hyper real, especially versus like 
10 killers dialogue oh, definitely where it was just no sense of realism at all in that one so like i said it goes on for an extremely long time and then all of a the sudden it doesn't and they all get up and leave decide to go to bed just at the drop of a hat yeah they like finish up and the two dudes chuck and dennis tell becky about the creeper that they mm-hmm. saw oh, yeah we saw a guy and despite saying they don't know what he looks like they then give a pretty solid description of yeah. the guy like oh he's 40 168 pounds he's ugly <laughs> his name was doug whatever yeah so everyone starts going to sleep except for mike and betty mm-hmm. becky they head outside and they're being watched and it was very hard to see these scenes because of how dark it was and how like pitch black pitch black yeah. and awful the lighting was <laughs> so it's mostly like just like an idea of bodies that mm-hmm. we know are mike and becky and they're like swinging on a swing and then chuck and dennis are nearby on the dock they're talking ch- about how hot becky is yeah, checking their fishing line and how they should bring their own girls next time yeah uh and then this the guy with the cowboy hat shows up and, yeah, the and killer. he's throwing stuff at them well he starts menacingly coming yeah. down the dock towards them you can see like the the outline of his knife and stuff and it really isn't like it's a tiny yeah. little knife it isn't that that menacing it's like a k-bar yeah dennis gets out of the way he jumps into the water mm-hmm. and chuck does not so the yeah. killer like stabs him and starts drowning him in yeah, the water pretty violent he's like frozen in fear uh and then uh dennis like circles back to shore i think or something yeah like he that. gets out of the water and then he gets captured by the killer mm-hmm. and tied up to a tree the killer taunts him a little bit with the knife and then goes straight for the gut stab yeah, just stabs him a bunch lovingly caressing his face with it and as the sun sets on these two lives, tragically cut short, mm-hmm. it rises on a new day for our remaining teens. The police have arrived because they found the dead body of Chuck, and neither Mike nor the cops seem too upset about it. Uh, yeah, and when you say police, you literally mean one, one guy. guy. No, and like you don't see anyone come to take away the bodies. Nothing. Nope. And then they they see Dennis's body in the distance, mm-hmm. oh, strapped geez. to the tree. Oh. Oh, no. Like, so apathetic. And the cop says he called the sheriff. The sheriff will be there soon. Mm-hmm. He and then Mike comes. Mike just goes to hang out at the house, and it's, like, a very bizarre reaction yeah. to all of this. Like, uh, Leslie's crying. Yeah, the rest of the crew is, like, just waking up, and Mike fills them in on everything. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to slightly later, and both kids are asleep, which definitely not yeah and brian and kim are still playfully chasing each other around the house all horny like oh yeah like totally inappropriate the only one who seems at all upset by any of this mm-hmm. is becky yes yeah fucking becky fucking becky uh later that night well, well later that day doesn't mike say like i'll protect you you don't have anything it's to worry about. it's yeah they do a really weird thing where mike becky susan and tony like all go off to go boating i think and yeah. then it just like immediately cuts to them coming back mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like they leave and then they come back and they can't find brian and kim right away so it's like uh are they dead no. but then we see that they come right back to the house and start smoking more weed they have a huge ziploc bag of weed <laughs> it's so much weed 
So night falls, Mm -hmm. and I guess the police investigation was over pretty fast or something because it's not spoken of. And Brian and Kim are going to go hang out on the dock and, like, neck and stuff. Let's go for a walk in these uncertain times. And then finally Mike has, like, a reaction. Yeah, this is his Oscar moment. Brian, hang on just a minute, all right? With all this weird shit going on, I don't think you guys ought to be leaving, okay, man? All right, okay, it's just done. It's no big deal, man. What are you talking about? It's no big deal. All right, would you... Hang on, two people were killed right now. Would you shut up? Just go then, man, all right? That is just so stupid. And he, like, his eyes go wide and he's, like, slamming and opening yeah, the door. Yeah, he really, he goes for it. Daniel this, Day-Lewis, eat your fucking this, heart out. In this 10 seconds, he gives it his all and there's nothing left for the rest of the movie. <laughs> so Kim and Brian go outside and we get the murder vision again mm-hmm. as the killer watches them stand on the dock. They start making out and, like, someone was literally just murdered on this dock and they are just fine with there's that. nowhere sexier than a it's crime not scene. cordoned off or yeah. anything so I'm, they hose the blood off they get interrupted by a nearby father and son oh yeah who are occasionally in the rest of the movie and it's kind of a weird thing yep but i mean when it shows far away shots like establishing shots you can see that they're surrounded by other cottages mm-hmm. but anyway it's almost impossible to see what's going on because of the lack of lighting so they get into the boat because they're going to drive it out oh, yeah. to go make out Their since they've been interrupted. Well. Yeah, Another amazing song. and Another confusing moment for me. How did the boat get right back to shore? I think the killer drove it there. Okay. What do you mean? Well, like, it doesn't get back to shore. They get in the boat and then they drive away. Yeah. And then when the killer is standing outside of the boat, he's like, or is he on the boat? I don't. It was so dark. It's I couldn't impossible see. to tell. Anyways, uh, he, Brian gets his throat slit. Yeah, and which is a real the real tragedy of this movie. <laughs> so we're down to four. Yeah, and back at the house, they hear Kim scream, mm-hmm. and Mike goes out to investigate again, and we see the murder vision come back yep. into play. The boat's gone. So oh, shit. Yeah. He well, he finds the other two campers down at the lake oh, yeah. and asks them if they've seen Brian and mm-hmm. Kim. And they tell him that they took the boat. So he takes off to go try and find the boat. And back inside, Becky hears a noise at the door and thinks maybe it's Mike. But he's not there. He's too busy swimming out to the boat to find the bodies. (laughs) Uh, Doesn't she turn off all the lights in the cabin? Yeah, she shuts all the lights off. He knows you're in there anyway. And the silhouette of the killer like becomes visible in the mm-hmm. window when she shuts them off, which I thought that was kind of a cool shot. Yeah, that's true. He was already there. Yeah. yeah. She gets Susan and Tony and they start hiding as the killer starts breaking in and he's like lurking around the house. And then there's the weird cackling toy yeah, he thing. Pulls, he pulls the string and scares the shit out of them. So they escape to the shed. Yeah. Good place to go. And uh, that's when they find the dead body of the gardener, I Mm -hmm. think. And then he ties the two of them up. He ties Tony and Mm -hmm. Becky up. But Susan manages to escape and run away. Mike is finally making it back to shore and rips off his shirt. Yep. (laughs) He He might as well not wear it. He runs back to the house for some reason. He 
doesn't want a shirt on, man. It's he's gonna sweat oh, to death true. or something. Uh, it, it hurts the nipples. <laughs> he immediately goes to the shed, and uh, well, yeah, he gets intercepted by Susan oh, while he's running back, yeah. and he tells her to go call the police. He does, and she tells him that they're in in the shed. And he comes up on them as the killer's rubbing the knife all over Tony's face <laughs> lovingly. Yeah. And, like, gets into a fist fight the, with him. The killer starts cutting off Becky's clothes. Please. Why are you doing this to me? Because of your daddy. <laughs> and then he stabs Becky in the mm-hmm. ribs. And then Mike comes in. And sort of, fighting. yeah, he wrestles wrestles him away from Tony. Very unconvincingly slams his head into the wall a couple of times. And then stabs him. And then stabs him a bunch. In the back. Then he unties Tony and Becky. And the cop has finally returned wherever the fuck he was. Yeah, way too soon. Like, if, if he's responding to Susan. He explains the whole situation. Like, oh, it's Bob or whatever yeah. the fuck the guy's name is. And Becky's dad bought the house. Oh, Jed. Becky's dad bought mm-hmm. the house from Jed and then never paid for him. Like, never paid the house. Fuck you. How does that even work? It doesn't. It makes no sense. It's the worst motivation. Why was he living in the shed that had no better? Well, he was living in the house. house. That's his groceries. His house. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But just like. And it's such a throwaway. Yeah. And speaking of throwaway. The the ambulance yeah. is there now. Apparently the hospital is right next door. Yeah. Ambulance is there. All the cops are there. And also, if there's other people on this lake, why didn't any of them call the police in all of this? Or why didn't no these people run scream? to their house? Yeah. Like, when the deputy goes to check the shed, the killer is turned into a jumble of old rags he's missing yeah so i guess presumably he's driving the ambulance i guess yeah it's it's unclear but the ambulance drives off into the night with tony becky susan mm-hmm. and mike whoever in, survived in there. the seats the so laughing face <laughs> then it shows jed at the house it's now like winterish mm-hmm. again how could this possibly happen yeah, why would he still be there? Yeah. The police know who he is. Exactly. It makes literally no sense, um, but good effect for it because the as he like gets to the lake, we see that it's yeah. all dried out. The entire lake. There's just like a mud puddle in the middle. And immediately, because you're like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything? We get a credit. Dry Lake Special Effects by... An act of God. G-O-D. And it's because the lake dried out due to like a rare geological accident that, that caused the lake to just drain into the ground. That's awesome. And then I, it took two years for it to get refilled. Wow. So by 1989, it was refilled. It sucks for tourism. That reminds me of that video we watched, and I highly recommend everyone check out. Uh, of the disaster where they were salt mining and they drilled up into yeah, the bottom of the lake. Yeah, that was a good one. And the entire lake drained through this hole like a bathtub. And I've never seen destruction so casual. Very intense. Yeah, very yeah. intense. It sucked down like boats, oil rig, big hat. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully those people had insurance. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully their insurance agent wasn't Doug Barry, <laughs> who is Mike and who wrote the script. So when I was looking him up, 
Um, I found out that he was arrested in 2009 for, so. for operating an eBay store that was essentially like a pawn shop. And he failed to give the money from what he sold to customers. Wow. Great guy. Also got in trouble in 2003 when he was running for office. He was running for like some sort of Republican Senate position. Mm -hmm. um, so because he's an insurance salesman, it was alleged that he committed fraud because he reinstated his own personal insurance policy six times without paying the premiums. Oh, nice. And also came to light during these political dreams of his was that he allegedly had a fake diploma from the University of Oklahoma in 1985. <laughs> his argument, though, is that it, he didn't make it. Someone else forged it. And gave it to him. Yeah. It was also a forged graduation <laughs> ceremony, forged tassel. And then one of his clients also alleges that he forged their signatures on uninsured motorist forms. This guy sounds like a peach. Yeah. So this movie was fine. I, th I think if the lighting were better, it would be more enjoyable. And the sound, I honestly, probably about 40% yeah. of this movie, I had no idea what they were saying. And I don't think it's all that different from movies like The Mutilator and stuff. And, and it, like you said, it's just hard because the night scenes just weren't very good because of the transfer. It's just yeah. hard to no hard to look at. No cam either, so it was shaky. Even the, even the still shots were shaky. Mm -hmm. But what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, what I'm going to do is tell you the six degrees of Jamie Lee for this one. And it, it's honestly a, one of the fastest ones. So Andrea Adams, who plays Kim, was she had like a bit part in mm -hmm. Perfect with Jamie Lee Curtis. So both Terra Ten Killer and this are linked to Jamie Lee Curtis through Perfect. And Oklahoma. Yeah. I'm assuming Perfect probably shot in Oklahoma. With Jamie Lee Curtis. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so our next movie, Houseboat Horror. 1989. Yeah, it's a PM Terror production. Directed by Kendall Flanagan, who does a bunch of Australian TV shows like Neighbors and Ollie Martin, who is also the writer. Stars Alan Dale, who's a very successful actor. He's in The New Dynasty. He's in Once Upon a Time, NCIS. Interesting. Dominion. He was the vice president in 24. So he's done like a lot of stuff. And Christine Justin and Craig Alexander. Um, yeah. So yeah. this one was a hard one to do because a lot goes on. And I don't know anyone's names. Yeah. Neither, neither do I. I think I sussed out. A couple of them at 75 percent of the relationships between these people <laughs> good so so it opens with our third driving to the place oh, scene yeah. <laughs> we've got three people in a car driving to presumably a lake mm -hmm. and they pass one hitchhiker he's wearing a black hat and a duster he has a gun and they don't pick him up <laughs> yeah but then the next hitchhiker is like a cute blonde so they pick her up and she immediately recognizes sammy the driver mm -hmm. from something called the underground disco which is a place she's so excited yeah she's wearing an awesome letterman jacket 
she's also going to the lake to meet up with her boyfriend who is already camping. Yeah. So they drop her off, and as she's trekking through the woods to her boyfriend's camp, she sees that the fire's just gone out, and then as she goes around the tent, she sees his dying body. And he's like, run. Yeah, he's got blood gushing out of his mouth. Ride or die, man. And the killer is wearing very clean boots, and he's got a Gurkha knife, which is a big sort of boomerang-shaped sword. Yeah, he, he like approaches... You just see his feet. It's a, a very Friday the 13th ripoff shot. It, it is. And the girl takes off and she's running through the woods. She stops and hides behind a tree. Again, very Friday the 13th. And that's when the, the knife appears and the killer stabs her a bunch. In the gut. And the music when this happens is sort of like if you played Halloween over like the yeah yeah it's like you just like layered them on top of each other so fade to white oh and then we get our awesome title sequence which looks looks like word art but like you know when people come up with fake word art it looks exactly like that like straight up rainbow 90s word art and it says houseboat and then horror comes in and smashes it and it's got a devil tail and you know it's a devil tail because it's horror (laughs) and then we get more driving to the place scenes so this time it's a dweeby looking dude and his friends. I guess they're the part of the film crew. Yeah. Because yeah. the whole reason these people are going to the lake is they're filming a music video for a band. So they stop to gas up at a weird gas station mm-hmm. and get some coffee and donuts and all the booze in the world. Yeah, all the booze in the world. Can I just say, I am so jealous of Australians. They can buy 48 packs of beer that are vacuum sealed for easy handling i hate that i hate that we get them in cardboard which breaks half the way yeah definitely dweeby guy has a book nerd friend and then there's like two blokey lad types and then we get to see even more driving to the place scenes with even more characters and this is when it became very clear to me that I'm not going to know any of their names. Yeah, there's a couple who are driving side by side and talking on their 80s cell phones, early 90s cell phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, is he the famous director? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. The one guy, that's Alan Dale. So it's like he's having a vacation with his wife slash girlfriend. Girlfriend. It's his girlfriend. Who the hell knows? <laughs> uh, and... There's also a scene where there's like the hitchhiker causes a car to swerve and it's never addressed or followed up on in the middle of the road. (laughs) And I thought for sure that the director was going to crash into it, but he doesn't. Anyways. So Dweeb Guy et al. arrive at the local store Mm -hmm. to meet this dude, Jay, who's talking to a local woman named Myrtle. And the whole time he's like looking at horror stuff and playing with knives. So I'm like instantly suspect of him, yeah. but it never comes up again. Oh, never. He's he's like a famous actor, television actor. Because they're oh, all is like, okay. oh, what are you doing here? And he's like, I came here for a little Arbanaw. <laughs> Except they're Australian and not British. Yeah. The whole crew gets to the waterfront and they start loading in all of their gear, their large amounts of beer, mm-hmm. and just generally goofing on each other. They goof off so much in this. Yeah, they do. Most of this movie is them goofing off. 
Yeah. The one bloke dude is chopping away at a tree. Hey, you're on the film crew this weekend, not in the timber yard. We're just practicing for when we need firewood, you know, for the barbie. Moron, you don't use green timber when you're making a fire. Practicing anyway. We'll get practice on the gear. This ain't no holiday. What an asshole. And it makes no sense, like, other than to set up that this axe is going to be used. Chopping at the root of the tree willy-nilly, the forest ranger who we were introduced to earlier at the gas station is like, hey... This is a national park, and, like, don't do that. Grr. Yeah. Which is fair. <laughs> I don't know. Two of the women are on the boat. I think they're the models. Mm -hmm. And they hear a door close, but then they ignore it. And I thought this was the killer coming on board. Oh, me too. But then it never... It, it isn't. It can't be because the killer comes on the boat later. And then I think even more characters show up on the boat. There is way too much going yeah, on. Yeah, I have here a lot... Is happening for no reason and there are too many characters and maybe it's because we're coming off two movies where nothing happened oh, for yeah. too many reasons and then this everything happens for no reason yeah. there's there's a yacht which is definitely not a houseboat or it's like a personal houseboat with that guy who's like oh hey everyone come here to party come here yeah he's like on peeping boat. on them like he's jazzed yeah he knows the director and yeah. stuff he's like at oh it's him celebrity watching uh, on the boat, we get to see some very bizarre fashions that the band's wearing. They look like French mimes. Mm -hmm. Various incarnations of French I didn't French like mimes. the band characters. I thought it, they were dumb. They were all jerks. But all then again, jerks. there were so there are too many characters in this that I don't... I can't tell you a single personality trait about any and of them. And not enough of them died for how many characters <laughs> there were. Uh, yeah, so the ranger gathers everybody around mm -hmm. to let them know all the regulations and stuff. He then tries to warn the director about legends. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. And, uh, like, especially the band, they're all just making fun of him. To yeah. his face. Then they finally take off out into the water, hopefully to start dying mm -hmm. so I can learn some of their names. Yeah. And while they're drifting off, the local acid head is dancing on the docks. Oh, yeah. And his, with his drum. It's bizarre and the cop is watching before he gets axed in the head so i guess the killer this is when i was like i guess the killer couldn't have snuck on board because yeah he's killing the cop on shore they don't really explain how he gets to where they go but it's assumed that he just like walks there i guess so yeah <laughs> nice the couples are getting cozy on the deck mm -hmm. sam and uh what was her name the blonde i don't know there's the they're smooching evans and his lady, whose name is Tracy, mm -hmm. I know that. They're titanicing, like hugging while looking out over the water. Oh, yeah. Uh, the boat pull pulls ashore. There's a couple boats, I guess, that they have. Yeah. And that night, they all have a jam sesh. Yes. Uh, there's like the girls are playing a game, uh, and then when they all go to bed, like the asshole character goes and wakes up the reading character. They make a big deal that that bookish guy is reading Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, and it has literally nothing to do with the book. Yes. Or the movie. So frustrating. So it shows like somebody slowly creeping up mm -hmm. on the boats, and, or at least that's like what the POV yeah, seems yeah. to suggest. 
and two of the women are playing the models. They're playing board games, and oh yeah. Then the bloke guy razzes them because it was his POV, and this is something that they use a lot in this movie, where it's like a fake out POV. Yeah, before before like the murders don't happen for a while. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating. So he's super drunk, and he has trouble finding his bed, mm-hmm. and more POV shots. One of the girls is in the shower and oh yeah the other girl surprises yep, her this time it's yeah. the other the other girl her naked friend asking her to leave the water on for her <laughs> they really try and throw a lot of like misdirections into this movie yes um but i don't know why or who they think they're fooling because after they do all of these mm-hmm. they show the killer like sharpening his blade and he's got a convenient news clipping that says uh fi- uh Film crew blamed for fire deaths, a child severely burned. Yeah, four people died on a film set and a child was severely burnt. And one of our dumb idiots mm-hmm. wakes everybody up the next day yeah. by banging on a pot. The one who's trying to chop down the tree. He's the worst. Evans talks to his girlfriend, Tracy, about how she isn't a stereotypical woman mm-hmm. as she's making him breakfast and stuff. She's a good cook. Thanks, Ben. My pleasure. That is not the only thing she's good at. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, you're good at uh, organizing models and crazy outfits, uh, makeup, or, you know. There, for a moment, I thought I had the kitchen label. Oh, no, no, you're not the average female stereotype. You are a woman of tomorrow. And then we get probably my favorite scene in this whole thing. What's that? Uh, the music video scene. Yeah, they're all getting ready to start filming their music video, but we see that they're being watched, and then yeah. uh, we get to hear this fucking song that they're making. It goes on forever, forever. There is no need for them to be here to film this. This director is awful and not good. I don't understand it. No, I totally agree. And it, it, the song is called Young and Groovy. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And it's a really bad music video. Like, young and cool is all right with me. And despite the fact that they said earlier that they're here for three days, they do all of this on the first day. Like, yeah. it shows you the whole music video. So I guess you're assuming that they just fucking did all of this in day one. Yeah. So why do they need three days? Oh. This just seems like... a wildly expensive adding the bill thing and totally unnecessary i don't know (laughs) it maybe it's like um that boy george video where he's on the boat yeah maybe so they get back to the boats and one of the models goes outside to feed Mm -hmm. a cat yeah that i guess they have it's meowing you never see it (laughs) really yeah there's no reason to have this cat other than for this because then she sees that there's a bunch of blood and stuff on the wall. Yeah, I dead animal question mark? It's not clear what I, it is. I think it might be like that that girl who got stabbed at the beginning. Oh, like her hair. nice. That's nice. what I, I think. So they get spooked but not too much yeah. because then they have another campfire jam sesh. I just have 
uh, dead animal stuck to door. Never mind. Let's get wasted. Yeah. Because that's exactly what they do. The blokey dude and the book guy go walking in the woods and they find some mushrooms. Which they're going to pick. Yeah. Well, the bloke guy is like, he's going to go back to the boat. Mm -hmm. And the other guy like kneels down to look at the mushrooms. And that's when the killer comes up behind him and slits his throat. Ah, shit. And then takes his knife. Is it a knife that he had? Yeah, I think so. So, and then he stalks the other guy through the woods and knifes him in the cheek and then gurkas him. Yeah, gets stabbed in the face and the chest. The whole time, the rest of them are still drinking Fireside, and they do the stupid POV shot thing again. But this time, it's a woman who comes out of the woods. I live nearby, and I heard the activity. Come over by the fire. Let's have a closer look. Never know. No, no, fellas. Definitely time to go to bed. I just thought I'd say hello. Oh, that's nice. You people staying long? Well, actually, no, we're just... No, we're not staying long. No, we're just um, stopping at various locations along the, the coastline. We're, we're not disturbing you, are we? Or making too much noise. It was the noise that attracted me. Oh, the rock and roll band. What, what can you do? We're making a, a film, a movie. Oh, I used to like movies. I still do. But I actually acted years ago. I gave it away. You see, there was this terrible fire. And some of the cast were killed. And badly burnt. I gave it away after that. I gave it away. I don't know. After that's all done, they're all like, okay. She just wanders back into the pitch black woods. Yeah, she's pretty weird and like obviously messed up. Yeah. So she scurries off and they, most of them go inside. I think it's like mm-hmm. Evans and Tracy yeah. who stay out there sort of like talking Time to for her. bed. So yeah, they, they all go to bed and the killer shows up mm-hmm. and looks at the fire pit and then he begins having a flashback of himself on fire like I guess. what film set was this it I, makes no sense know. it's just a, a shape on fire running around <laughs> not happy about it he goes on to one of the boats mm-hmm. or maybe all of the boats and disables the radios yeah rips them out uh, but they look totally fine yeah and then the next day evans is on his satellite phone mm-hmm. reporting that like two of his guys have pissed off and there's a missing boat missing boat and the two-way radio doesn't work so two more of the crew go out into the wilderness <laughs> i don't know their names I let's think, go find them i think one is the manager bernie mm-hmm. and a, a girl a woman and while they're exploring the woods they find a house that is seemingly abandoned yeah let's go open this and just fucking kick our way through this creepy ass shed they go into this huge empty barn, but the killer is hot on their trail. Yeah, watching them. They split up as you do, and the killer comes in unnoticed and gets a knife from under a tarp in one of the s- stalls. Mm-hmm. The dude, Bernie, is checking up in the hayloft, and then he gets chopped in the face. And the blood looks not at all like blood or anything that comes out of a human body. She's still wandering around mm-hmm. down there, and then the blood starts dripping on her face, and she looks up, <gasps> and she sees her boyfriend, lover, whatever he is, his blood dripping all over her. I hate it when that happens. I hate it when that happens. And the killer rips a horseshoe hook out of the wall, tracks her down, and 
jams it in both of her eyes. Then the creepy lady comes back in, and we find out that she knows the killer. You know what all this means? We'll be hiding again. I'll have to take care of you, so as they don't lock you away. Is that what you want? To be taken away? What have, what, have what have you done? They're drinking on the boat yeah. again, more water skiing, uh, jet skiing, mm-hmm. having sex, blah, blah, blah. The killer grabs a, a kitchen knife and makes yeah. his way in, into the one of the model's rooms, I guess. Yeah. And very violently stabs her to death from below in another Friday the 13th sort of... Thing. Oh, definitely. Multiple times she's shaking, like she's jumping up from the bed. <laughs> the other model and some gross guy. Okay, who was this guy? I don't remember seeing him before. I I do not know. <laughs> he and the other model are making out, mm-hmm. and then he goes to uh, try and put a condom on. And we see the killer load up his harpoon gun, and then he shoots him right in the gut. So he's like standing straight up dead in the in the uh, washroom yeah and then she comes in she sees him screams and then she gets stabbed through the back of the neck and dies no thanks and these are two pretty very quick deaths yeah there's still a guy outside jet skiing up a storm so the killer gets on a boat Mm -hmm. and knocks him off and he gets speared on a log or something right nice I, i think i missed this part there's a lot of like very quick succession deaths. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then back inside, mm-hmm. they find the body of the harpoon guy. And I think all that's left at this point is Evans, Sam, Tracy, the blonde costume lady, the dweeby guy, mm-hmm. and then the band. Yeah, and the right? band are sort of in their own area away from everyone else. Yeah, so they all lock the doors. And when Evan goes to close one of the doors... The killer chops his hand off. Oh, pretty graphically, too. Yeah. And suddenly, pretty nice. So Evan's trying to fight back as best as he can, but he's pretty fucked up. Yeah, the killer comes in, and this is the first time we're seeing his face, and he has this really awful burn makeup. Yeah. Uh, So he survives this uh, amputation initially, and Mm -hmm. they fight for a bit, and then he gets his head split open. Yeah. Ouch. And that was pretty graphic. Yeah, that was a pretty good special effect there. Yeah, definitely. Sam tries to stop this, but then he also gets stabbed. In the gut. Then the killer goes after the blonde woman. I think she's the costumer. And he strangles In the shower, and then he strangles her. Tracy runs off the boat and into the woods. And I guess she runs for a while because the sun comes up. Yeah. All of a sudden. He catches up to her, and then she hits him in the gut and doubles back. Sam, I guess, has survived his stab wounds. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he starts untying the boat when Tracy gets back to him. He's coming. He's right behind me. Then they get on and drive away as the killer watches on, seething. Yeah, but the boat, they've established this earlier. The boat has intentionally been like handicapped so it can't go very fast. Yeah. So they really can't run away. <laughs> it doesn't even matter yeah. because they get as far as they can and then they run out of gas and the killer catches them. Mm-hmm. He gets on the boat, beats up Sam for yeah, a little bit. tries to fight, and Sam doesn't even have a weapon. You had all this time. Yeah. Tracy lights some gas mm-hmm. and starts spraying the fire at the killer. 
Tell Sam to grab the petrol. Which he does and he splashes a, it yep, all over a him. whole bucket of petrol and splashes it on him. He lights up like the 4th of July. And the worst thing is this is his least favorite thing, being on... <laughs> he hates it the most. And he, then he goes overboard. Yeah. Into the water. And there's like... Uh, yeah, a, a weird fake out where she grabs Sam's arm and he turns around and he's scary looking. Like his face is all burned. Yeah. He just looks sort of like a mannequin, low poly mannequin. But it's just a dream because she screams, mm-hmm. she wakes up, and the ambulance takes her away. But that's not all. The it's band all. shows up on the shore where they were before to ask Our Lady of the Woods, uh, where'd everyone go? There's been some terrible things happening here. Terrible. I don't know why film people have to cause so much trouble. When I was in the films, my little brother was killed. Another accident. A fire. Where do we go to? We'll go to the barn first. And then you can call from my house. It's quite close, really. Come along. And uh, then there's like a dumb, like, subtitle thing oh, where yeah. it says, On October 17th, peace and tranquility return to Lake Infinity. And then his arm. Yeah, the killer's, killer's hand arm. shoots up. The end. For a time. I don't know how I felt about this one. I didn't really like it very much. I thought there was way too much going on. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, to me, it had the opposite problem of the other two movies, which had huge pacing issues. It was They were so boring. This one crammed way too much crap. It didn't need to be on a houseboat. There were way too many characters that never come back into play. And we barely got to spend any time with them. I could give less of a shit about any of these people. Yeah, they weren't really well fleshed out. Like the Tracy, I have no idea. I know nothing about her. Which of the three would you say is your favorite? I mean, honestly, I have to say probably Houseboat Horror, even though it wasn't good by any stretch of the imaginations. Mm-hmm. There were things I liked more about the other ones, but this one was on average the most tolerable. I don't know what I would say. I think, honestly, maybe Blood Lake for me. I thought Ten Killer <laughs> was just too boring. It was very this one boring. was the opposite. Like it was just too frenetic. I want to do the Six Degrees of Jamie Lee for oh, this yeah, one, man. and then we can wrap this up and say our goodbyes. Sounds so, good. So, Alan Dale, who played Evans in this movie, was in Straight Eye the movie with David Hornsby, who was in Christmas with the Cranks. With Jamie Lee Curtis. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Christmas with the Cranks, a classic. I don't know. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm. This has been our Shot on Video special. We probably won't do another one like this until episode 45. Yeah, not for a while. Make sure, if you're not already, you follow us on social media. We are at Deaf First Blood on Twitter, definitely First Blood on Instagram, and definitely First Blood Blood. at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Honestly, uh, it would mean the world to us if you gave us a review. Helps the algorithms pluck us out of the sea of sameness. 
identify us as the special stars that we are. So, thank you. And good night. Farewell. Auf Wiedersehen. Bye. Thank mm -hmm. you.